Welcome to another episode of Ale Tales, your favourite podcast in all the wide world. It's a monthly podcast, as you well know, um, full of beer and with a wee shimmy of banter. Here we are again, Daniel. Shimmy and a shake. It's lovely to see your little face, Benjamin. Likewise. It's not in the flesh, but it'll do for now. Lockdown continues, and so do the episodes. Mm. How is everything going, all things considered, sir? All things considered, uh, marvellously. We've had a bit of nice weather, which has been uh, nice to turn the garden into a, a beer garden of sorts. Um, yeah. yeah, all good. Still trying to get in a bit of running and stuff like that. What about you? All good your end? Active, yeah. Every day is exactly the same, but <laughs> you know what? As long as I've got beer in my fridge and love in my heart, then I'm happy. Same day, different beer. Does that make sense? So we are back once again. With the Renegade Master. <laughs> Absolutely. With ill behaviour. Sorry. Sorry. Interrupt me again nope. with a 90s rap song and I will come over to your house and cough on you. <laughs> Don't forget about Dre. <laughs> Three beers which we have hand-picked based off their ability to enliven the senses and excite the the what the I, the I was struggling for a word there so you kind of helped i, I just gave you a noise that was all yeah uh, so these are hype beers so-called hype beers and we did mention them uh last full episode we've done a little mini since then but we mentioned the breweries but we'll give you a full rundown of these three beers to begin with and then we'll get to drinking them in fact we've already got to drinking them we have yeah we decided to crack open the first one prior to recording but we currently have on our little tables ready to roll today lost and grounded want to go to the sun which is a pale ale and that is 4.6 percent and they are from bristol but we'll give you a bit more info about them later on the next one bonge what we're drinking uh, Odyssey's Whizbang, an India pale ale at 6.5%. Um, yep, so that's the second one. And that those guys are from somewhere with the WR postcode. Oops, the Worcestershire. Worcestershire, Maybe. that's the devil. Yep. And finally, we have the Wonder Beyond Brewing Pineapple Plod, which is an Imperial Pineapple Goes, a whopping 10% volume in that. And that is from the Manchester-based Wonder Beyond Brewing. So we are very excited about these beers, aren't we? Yes. So do you want to hear more about Want to Go to the Sun? No. Well, that's not very nice. Not what I'm here for. I think that's a lie. An all-out lie. Please do tell me, dear boy. Bristol-based, this microbrewery, Lost and Grounded, uh, a behind today's opener, want to go to the sun, a pale ale with a base of pills, oats and caramalt, um, hit with equinox and citra, giving a beer with notes of peach, papaya, lemon zest and a firm bitterness. Delicious, they say, on, on tat. They um, say, and what say you? I say I agree with deliciousness. Um, I think we just mentioned, didn't we, off air, that um, it's interesting drinking... Uh, a fruity pale 
where you can taste the bitterness first for me. Then you get the fruit coming through. Uh, maybe a little bit of a um, an alcoholic bitter finish right at the end, a little kick in the tail. But uh, yeah, it's it's lovely. It's highly drinkable. It's light and cloudy. Um, looks quite lively. Um, deceiving, really, because it's not doesn't taste carbonated. Really, um, it's nice. Very sessiony. Good summer one. Good mm, start. Absolutely. Yeah, I agreed on all counts. It is very light. I am getting the fruit. I don't really get that much bitterness at the end, maybe at the very, very back end. But yeah, yeah mainly, peach, mainly peach for me. But yeah, it does have an element of cloudiness to it. Mm. I think the lemon, nice the lemon vegetable yeah, as well, don't you? There's a little bit uh, as to the spike at the end, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Getting I a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually mentioned them in a previous episode. Do you remember when we were talking about the... Um, comic not comic booky children's booky type um illustrations on the can and people were pissing and moaning about it yes yeah so that that news story that we reported months ago so it was them they're the ones that that do that they're the guilty ones well they're um, not with this effort it's uh they've gone a more artistic direction with this one aren't they yeah just the reds and orange and yellows on this one no nowhere cartoony children's storybook characters on this but um they also say that they're particularly fascinated by the precision of german brewing and the idiosyncratic nature of belgian beer so they're some of their other interests there and they've got twenty nine thousand unique check-ins on untapped which is pretty big i think we started this to begin with because we wanted to talk about the sort of the craft beer scene and how you do have these breweries that rise to prominence and kind of become these big hype breweries with their hype beers so i think that lost and ground are doing pretty well for themselves at the minute and i can see why with this beer absolutely yeah it's, uh, it's cracker is this one good opener cracker and you were going to tell us something for the news this week weren't you You're going to start off with some big merging news Mm. Yeah, big story that broke on Friday, I believe. Um, Rob Davis reporting this for The Guardian. Brewers, Carlsberg, UK and Marston's announced merger, warning that the smaller breweries um, could be harmed by this um, this venture. Um, so uh, a bit more detail for you here. Um, yeah, weren't, shares in Marston. Go on. Weren't Marston's like in some real dire straits? Weren't they pretty much done? And Carlsberg's come in and rescued them, as it were, but not I really. Have no idea. From what I read, I think that was the case. I think Marston's were basically going under, and Carlsberg come in and gone. Yeah, fair enough. We'll have a bit of that. So they took a massive hit, did Marston's, because of COVID nineteen. Obviously, of all their pubs shut across the country. Um, yeah, the Danes have swooped in and uh, yeah, going ahead with the merger. Um, so the new business will offer a mix of Carlsberg's mass market lagers and Marston's Cascale brands such as Hobgoblin and Pedigree. Don't drink them anyway because of crap. Um, we'll also be able to feed Carlsberg beers into Marston's estate of around 1,400 UK pubs. So basically the same, you know, obviously um, this big beer giant will um, easily be getting all these beers onto the uh, dominating the, the pumps, um, at, you know, Marston's pubs. So um, it's harder for the, the smaller outfits to... Uh, wriggle their way into the the lineup but i, I don't know I, you'd like you'd like to think that um people will shun such mass-produced stuff anyway and be more discerning because that seems to be the market these days so I mean, yeah it, I, I was gonna say it's, it's a tale as old as time really isn't it the big the big boys 
ruling the roost. But I do think we are in a state uh, stage now where people are more discerning and they do prefer their smaller, um, you know, more unique craft breweries. But with what's going on, we could, hopefully not, but we could return to the the days of, of the big brewers winning out because they can survive these sorts of things, whereas the little brewers possibly can't, which is why we should do everything we can and drink as much decent beer as, as possible. Indeed, indeed. I think people are more discerning and uh, I think that the, the, the smaller players will, will win through in all this, if I'm honest, because that affinity they're building with their audiences with all these delivery options these days and uh, the new releases are really capturing people's attentions um, more of soon on the, the new releases front. But, yeah, um, that was um, our opening news item. Any more yeah, to tell you? Yeah, you mentioned uh, about pubs being closed, which, of course, they have been for some time now. Uh, but one of the first to potentially reopen is our favorite Weatherspoons. Um, the owner, Tim Martin, has been very vocal in his um, disgust and opposition to the lockdown, probably just because he's losing money. So he claims that they're going to reopen as early as next month, as early as June. Um, apparently there's blueprints in place uh, which include daily health checks for staff and protective screens between tables. So, and this this article from The Guardian is also suggesting that the pubs in the near future could have protective screens between tables, bar staff wearing goggles and dedicated workers to enforce physical distancing. Uh, this is according to the vision set out by the pub chain at JD Weatherspoon. It's so difficult, this one, isn't it? Because, you know, these great that, you know, some pubs are reopening, you know, we all go to Weatherspoons once in a while. Um, and if it's the only option, you know, <laughs> it's tempting. But a big part of going to the pub is being able to relax and feel relaxed. Um, and, yeah, that little nagging safety concerns, especially when it's so visible with staff wearing goggles and screens and things, it's I'm not rushing back, are you? No, mate, no. And actually, sorry, I, I got that wrong. It's not as early as June. It's the 4th of July is the oh, earliest cool. that they could potentially open. So, no, as much as I miss the pub, I don't think I will, you know, for the sake of health and things. I don't I, I don't see the need, really. Like, I can wait another few months. Yeah, I mean, if it's a case of years, then maybe I'll go and take my chance at some stage. But... Hmm. I mean, there will, there will be smaller pubs that aren't part of chains like Weatherspoons that, you know, will be taking a big financial hit. So you want to you want to support them, but not before it's safe to do so in person at, through the door. Um, but you would imagine with the lockdown easing um, in the coming months all being well, you know, you, you might get pubs that have got outside spaces, beer gardens and things open and that being a less sterile, obvious you know, virus place to sit and have a beer in the sun. Um, so, um, yeah, hopefully that's the uh, that's one of the next steps. You'd hope so. What did you have for his next lad? Yeah, um, can't get away from the the virus, can you? Really? So, um, yeah, story here. I'm reading from the Lancashire Telegraph. They're reporting that 70 million pints of beer from UK pubs um, are due to be thrown away um, because of the lockdown. Um, which is really <laughs> sad. 
Obviously, according to the British Beer and Pub Association, the majority of beer left in storage in UK pubs will be spoiled by the time they come to reopen and will have to be destroyed. Um, yeah, not expected to reopen until July the 4th at the earliest. It's a crying shame, isn't it? All these beer sellers packed with quality craft beer and it's just heartbreaking to think that that will just be poured down the sink. Um, but yeah, uh, better times ahead. Hopefully, pal. Hopefully. That is pretty devastating. Um, but I think you mentioned, well, we mentioned in the last episode about the camera app, didn't we? You had an update on how well that's actually been going. The fact that it is possible for pubs to get their beer out to punters in one way or another. Yeah, so this was- is the Beer Is Here initiative. Um, and brilliantly, according uh, to Drinks Retailing News, um, it's uh, driven five million pounds worth of lockdown beer deliveries to people's doorsteps, which is uh, is great. As you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier on that um, people are supporting the the local breweries. I think there's fourteen hundred breweries just over uh, signed up to this, um, and seventy six thousand people have already logged on to find some great beer from their independent producers locally. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know that all those. Breweries that are going to incredible efforts right now, reorganising their staff. They, you know, they're working behind the scenes, even though we can't visit their tap rooms. You, you know, this is a, this is a nice story for them in that you know they know their efforts aren't going to waste collectively. Um, us loyal customers, we're standing by them, and um, you know we'll all be back in abundance when uh, when we can. So let's hope they all hang in there. Hope so, mate. Hope so. Now let me ask you something: Have you been uh, bored at all during the lockdown? I don't know, not really. I don't really understand the concept of being bored. At the best of times, there's always something to do, isn't there? Have you been Have you been bored? Uh, no, but I, I've kept myself occupied pretty well. But I think a lot of people have claimed to, to suffer from some se- severe boredom. Now, a lot of people obviously start new hobbies or, um, you know, get really invested in the hobbies that they've got. So like us with, with beer, I feel like we've really gone pretty big on the ale tales of late because we've had a bit of time now if you are really stuck for something to do listeners then here's an idea for you from the mirror so this bloke um richard percival who's 58 has spent four years so you best get cracking if you want to catch up with him collecting 1500 beer trays good grief 100 pounds each now i haven't done the maths but that sounds like a pretty pricey collection to me um so yeah he's he's a a retired business consultant and he has masses of round um and well i presume other shaped um beer trays which i did i I don't even think beer trays are really used anymore but he seems to love them where the chuff does he put them all he has a room Okay. He has a big old room. He has one, two, three, four, five shelves around the room. Um, wow. And he's got, you know, those um, like beer uh, pub mirrors as well with like, yeah, you know, the Tetley's writing on or whatever as well. Um, so he says, at first, my family thought I was stark raving mad and were embarrassed when I used to ask publicans for spare trays. You still do, mate. I have an unusual hobby. You could feel them crin- cringe, but my collection... <laughs> Is British history, and that's why people want to see it. It's unique. Many of the breweries no longer exist. 
So basically that started back in 1981 um, and he said he didn't pay anything for his first trade. He's a Notts County supporter in 1981. He was on an away trip to Brighton. A fellow fan collected beer mats and asked the landlord for a specific mat. The landlord only had the tray, so I took it, and that's where it all started. <laughs> you see, I get, I get the beer mats thing because, you know, in terms of space of hoarding a collectible item, beer mats are slightly more doable. And, you get, you know, you go into those pubs and they've got the beer mats all over the ceiling or the wall. That, that looks cool. Trays, for me, is a bit, a bit naff, isn't it? Um, well, well, I don't our own, we'd be boring if you were all the same and all that. I don't want to disparage the poor bloke, um, but yes, for me, it's not it's not a hobby that I would want wish to pursue. Like taking up a whole room just for plastic trays is is a bit odd. Have you got obsessive about any sort of little things in lockdown in terms of collecting things or doing certain things? I've I've got a few. Beer is definitely I've definitely become a lot more obsessed about beer and like. We're going to talk later about new releases and stuff. Every time I see on social media that there's a new beer release, I'm like, I've got to have that. But then my fridge is already full and my wife's a couple of months off giving birth, so I shouldn't really be stockpiling beer at this stage. But, um, yeah, beer is the main thing. I'm also weirdly into retro gaming, but I won't bore beer aficionados listening to this with my retro gaming obsession. But I was thinking the other day about after lockdown, maybe starting a like craft beer and retro gaming sort of shop, cafe, pub thing. Yes, yes, love it. How about you then? What you got? Well, you know, I like my pin badges. I've gone all in for um, any Liverpool FC-related pin badge. Um, so you get these little outfits doing limited edition ones, and I'm like, I'm on it. Whenever I you know, look out for the, that you should go on sale at a certain time on a certain day of the week, and uh, I'm right on it. Rosie thinks I'm really sad, my wife. Um, but, yeah, I've just been – in fact, you can see over my shoulder – well, not if you're listening to the podcast. That's <laughs> But Dan can see over my shoulder my uh, match-going um, parker of sorts, and it's dotted with all my uh, pin badges. Yeah, they're building up. Um, so, yeah, that's been my sad little thing, my geek. You do look so, like yeah. an 80-year-old war veteran with all your pin badges on your jacket. <laughs> yeah, nearly medals. Yeah, sure. Um, well, with, with that said, shall we crack the next one? Well, we... Oh, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back this time on the Odyssey Bruco Whizbang India Pale Ale 6.5% ABV. These guys, Odyssey, are from Hereford. Uh, they started a little brew pub back in 2013. The brewery was actually opened in 2014. Basically, uh, I don't know if you know this, Benj, but they had a pub in an old laundrette, which was called Beer in Hand, which is the best place for it to be. And they, so they, they'd opened this little brew pub and they were sick of serving shite beer, basically. So they decided to open their own brewery. And that is where Odyssey was born. Wise move. Very wise. How are you enjoying this thus far? A couple of sips in, bit of a snifter, a lot more haze than the last one. Daniel, it's complicated. It's a complicated mm-hmm. brew, is this? It is. I'm getting I'm getting a bit of kind of tropically, almost pineapple on the nose. I don't know whether that's because I'm currently staring at the next beer, the pineapple plod, but I'm getting a bit of pineapple on the nose. It's a really, really strong... 
alcoholic taste to that. There is and a, a bitterness, isn't there? Definitely. It's it's a grapefruity, um it's, yeah, it's sort of lemon roundy kind of thing going on for me. Yeah, I know I'm making faces at you, but that's just the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Good. So you, you seem to not be loving it. I'm still trying to work it out, to be honest. Um, we've gone from a really soft entry here, a really complicated one where I don't that you get you get a really nice sort of um, sweet fruit taste to begin with, and then boom, the bitterness comes at you like a herd of buffalo, um, and then that's all you can taste. But above all that is this like dense alcoholic sort of inescapable ABV hovering above the whole the whole thing. I don't know. I, don't know, I haven't made my mind up on this one. I mean, I think uh, you'll grow in, you'll grow into it, lad. You'll grow into it. It's a bit like with me the other day. I had the salt and brew gooder uh, West Coast IPA, which. Uh, I basically said in my review of it that it wasn't that pleasant to begin with, but you just have to kind of like relax and, and grow into it as it were. So like we've just had a pretty light sort of, you know, Happy nothing, color, yeah. yeah, nothing particularly special sort of pale. And now we're into this big heavy hitting, well, relatively big heavy hitting in India pale ale. Um, I think that that comes with the territory really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's to be expected, but it's um, all the dials are turned up on this one. All the dials are turned up. Would you like to hear somebody else's thoughts on this? On um, what's it called? I can't remember the name of the app. Rate beer, not um, not on tap, but rate beer. Yes, I'm saying rate with a T, by the way. I heard. So this is from uh, a guy, a German dude. So I'm probably going to do a bit of a accent. Oh so apologies. Apologies to any uh, German listeners out there. So he says, this can from special beer packet Netherlands consume sat outside at home at Kirchen, Sunday 12th, April 2020. Weather is glorious again. However, we are now into day 25 of COVID-19 enforced lockdown, cooking beef with tomato and chili salad on a griddle flatbread. I don't know where I went then. I went into a different... I heard of the accent, to be honest. With with a further salad of figs, goat's cheese, and honey salad, and listening to Loma, Loma, pours hazy egg yolky yellowy color. He finally gets onto the beer in this review. Uh, with a white head, hoppiness from the off, fruity with passion fruit, oh maybe, and citrus, creamy but great for not being too sweet. Perhaps a little pineapple as well. Very good, very good. I mean, you sound like you're from downtown Mumbai, but carry on. <laughs> I just, I was looking on Untap, and I don't know about you, but I find that Untap rarely has any actual reviews. So that's why I downloaded Rate Beer, and I found that some of the reviews are really quite entertaining. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, my abiding memory is the accent, but yeah, thank you for sharing. So um, you couldn't get past it, yeah? No, I can't. So what you been drinking, fella? To move on to another of our usual segments. I do, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like our usual segments, we need like a little jingle or something there, like what we've been drinking, you know, like maybe not like that. Though. You could play the harmonica, and I could like go. 
Anywho, I have been drinking a great deal, as I've pointed out. Mm. Um, and we've been posting a lot of these on the Instas. And my latest one was the Amun, Amundsen Zygote Salted Caramel Choc Chip Cookie Stout 10.5%. And that was an absolute beast. It sounds all kinds of craziness. It was, it was. So what I said on, on the Instas was this truly is a goat of a beer. Do you know what goat stands for? Do you know what I don't? I'm totally out of the loop. Clearly you've a man in his middle 30s. You've seen it though. You know what? You've you've seen it around. You know, you know that it's a thing, the goat. I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. So it's, it's greatest of all time. Ah, okay. That's why I understand it's been mentioned in the same breath as a certain Lionel Messi. Yes, exactly, exactly. So this is truly a goat of a beer, as the cool kids might say. It's such a deep, sensuous, yep, beers are now sensuous, tantalising beer that I wanted more, in spite of its undeniable heft on the ABV front. Somehow it's not overbearing in terms of sweetness or alcohol astringency. I think that's the word you're looking for with this current beer, Ben, astringency. Mm -hmm. And in fact gives a rounded profile. It's warming, it's satisfying, it's chocolatey. It's like sticking your hand into a bag of pick and mix and getting the perfect assortment of sweet treats. The Ale Tales have sampled a couple of Admonson in the past, but this is up there with, as the very best. Well done, you Norwegian wizards. I mean, I can't, I can't get down with sensuous in a beer description, but okay. Well, deal with it. You are one half of Ale Tales. This half of Ale Tales uses sensuous to describe beer. I reject that notion. What are you going to do? What I'm going to do is tell you about some of the beers I've been drinking. Go on then. Um, so I've been actually having a bit of a a little uh, little moment of enlightenment with my beer journey, and I thought, you know, everything's got rather complex. I, I want to strip it back, and so I've been uh, sampling a few tasty pale ales just to give me a different experience. Um, you know, a few single hopped bad boys. Um, a couple of which I shall mention because I particularly enjoyed them. Uh, Lost Piers uh, Paddleboarder Pale uh, was an absolute banger. Super sessiony. Um, single hopped with the mosaic. Um, there were notes of blueberry, tangerine, and papaya. And I definitely got the last two, maybe not so much the blueberry. Um, that was a 3.4%. Um, and by a brewery, interestingly, that described themselves as gypsy brewers because they brew at different sites across Sussex. Uh, yeah, this particular one, uh, Sussex. Yes, that's how they pronounce it down there. Um, which again is an authentic accent. Um, yeah, that, that was absolutely cracking because it was really light, really like um, easy drinking, but it had a depth of flavour, lots of different fruity notes. It was lovely, absolutely lovely. I'm going to be drinking that again for sure. Um, and can another I, one. I, go on. Protest. Can I protest the use of the word banger for a 3.4% beer? <laughs> well, you've got to try the paddle border first before you can discount it, my friend. Mm -hmm. um, another pale which uh, I tried this week was the Antantevera, which is a new beer by Great Newsome Brewery, more of later. Um, but, um, yeah, 3.5%. It's an English pale. Um, start off with some nice fruity notes. Then you get sort of uh, uh, that traditional sort of bitter bitter flavour that ended with a little spicy punch. And I know I've mentioned spicy notes being a bad thing before, but this was kind of um, uh, a subtle pepperiness, and it really added something to the to the flavour profile. Uh, oh, yeah. It tells bingo <laughs> if you're playing along. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, they were, they were lovely. And, yeah, it was just 
I have so many complex beers at the moment trying to, you know, try different things. You know, that's the beauty of the beer scene in this country at the moment. There's so many different options, but um, it's just nice to go at a different pace. And both those beers I finished and wished I'd ordered more than just the solitary solitary bottle or can. Um, Fair enough. Good, good on, on you. Been trying? What else well, have you been trying? I was going to say that uh, I've been going down completely the other path, basically, and just trying random-ass stuff. Uh, so one that I had that I really enjoyed recently that I did not expect to at all was the Northern Monk OFS, the Old Flax Store 001. So it's technically their first beer. I mean, they'd actually brewed 000 as well before that, but it's technically their first beer that they've um, brewed in this range. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was called, it was a mango cacao sour, 6.6%. And basically it was uh, obviously very sour, but it had a sweet hit. It was tropical uh, and there was orange, there was lime, there was mango, there was vanilla. And then I got that like kind of cacao taste at the end in some sort of bitterness. I also had a bit of an argument with cacao yeah. I had a bit of an argument with somebody on Instagram. He was like, I don't, I didn't get any bitterness at the end at all. I was like, well, I did. Um, and he was like, well, actually, I got like a biscuity base. And my Bye-bye. response, well, there you go. Yeah, see you later. So <laughs> I think Northern Monk are really smashing the sours at the minute because I also had the raspberry like pastry sour a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and that was cracking as well. So where you're going down, you kind of – old school pale ale route and i'm going mental weird stuff at the minute i'm waiting for willy wonka brewery's snozbury ipa i'll be all over that shit um but yeah i have had a, a more complex beer this week uh, or the last week that i really 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 enjoyed um and how um really? pardon how many reallys several um here you girls um, which is a Brew York special. In fact, so special that they announced it um, all over the place. And then I, I've lit- I literally went on there to have a little gander at um, whether they had any still available. And I can't find any trace of it on their Facebook feed, in their web shop. I don't know what's happened to that beer, but it was absolutely well, was- incredible. Peanut caramel marshmallow milk stout, 10%, hefty as hell, £6.70 that can cost me. Well, oh my nice. God, it was and- incredible. And it delivered all those flavors, um, all of which are dreamy flavors. Um, the can art was gorgeous. Obviously, a nod to Hey You Guys, the uh, catchphrase of uh, Kunk, Chunk, whatever his name is out of the Goonies. Um, my wife's a bigger fan of the I've Goonies, never seen I? it. You know, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Oh, mate, it's, it is a good film. you got to watch it. That's a good I know one. The- for- Get on it later. Okay, um, I might do. Uh, but do you, you, know what Giles, do you know what Giles means? I presume it's from the brewery. Yeah, it's a specialist brewery term for uh, the amount of brews completed at one brewery. So this was to denote their however many different brew that they'd made. Uh, but again, I was looking to check that figure. That was my research. That's why I looked for them on the website today, and the beer is no longer there. So I don't know what's happened. Presumably sold out. Do you want to tell the listeners what you did to one of your £6.70 cans of Hey You Giles? I didn't. Uh, okay. Somebody in your household did. My darling precious wife, um, I may have ordered her one of these cans as well. £6.70 I may have mentioned. They're, they're quite pricey. Um, 
but they're very nice and she's a big fan of the Goonies, so I ordered her a can. Um, we have a nasty habit that Dan continually derides me for, which is hovering our drinking question, whether it's a cup of tea or a beer, on the arm of our sofa. And uh, we've never had an incident in four and a half years. Not, in the not just cups of tea or beer. It, we're talking wine glasses. We're talking big things of like beautiful gin glasses, anything. Never an issue until right. Hey Giles. And uh, she pulled it and she's doing something on the laptop, swung her arm and off it went. So um, she got like a smidgen of a, a drink of that one. Bless. I could have cried. My missus was similarly, similarly guilty the other day of chucking a beer all over the place. It wasn't quite a £6.71, but uh, she was trying to be helpful and take pictures of it for me for Instagram while I was, I think I was talking to you, wasn't I? Um, but then she decided to chuck it down the back of a dresser somewhere. So that was that was wonderful. Anyway, we we love them regardless, don't we? You bring me on, you bring me on uh, somewhat circuitously to the thing that I want to talk about, which is new beers coming out. So you've mentioned Hey You Giles, and you've said that you can't now find it on through your website or anything like that. And I was sad being the loser that I am, stewing away, thinking what 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 can I do today? What can I do with my day? And I was like, I want to know about what new beers are coming out. And there's it's a nothing. Question. A valid question. There's, there's a couple of American websites that, that list, like, they basically do blogs every other day saying these are the new beers coming out, but there's nothing in the UK. To find new beers coming out in the UK, you have to go onto the Facebook page or Instagram page or website of each brewer in turn, which is what I've done. But that's ridiculous. So we're going to do you a bit of a, a service today and give you some new beers out. Can I just say, though, isn't that the beauty of it, that they're hidden? Because, no. because within the beer community, if there was somewhere we could all go and look, we'd all be drinking the new releases at the same time. At least with this, you know, you find something for yourself, and that's quite exciting, isn't it? About the well, you just completely thing. chat on my new <laughs> idea no, I website. It. I mean, Thanks. I get it. I get it. I know I get it entirely. And it would make it really easy. And that would be beautiful in itself. However, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. And it's all about the onus is on us to find the little hidden gems in the new releases. I don't know. Just just a thought. Back All on. right. Well, I like uh, it. Yeah. Well, it. It is hard work, definitely hard work. To Thanks for packing on my dreams. Here we <laughs> go then with what I would like to call, very uniquely, not stolen from Spotify at all, Aletail's Release Radar. And right. I thought we'd focus on uh, the breweries that we featured in the last three episodes of the podcast. So first up, we have Brew York our favourite, and also gaining traction, it would seem, nationwide. Yes, indeed. Great to see the post popping up from all over the country. Yeah. Uh, so Brew York, Matthew McConaughey's Double Dry Hopped Pale, which I'd really like to try. They've also released a Sim on, City. On, on Donahay's, did you see the launch video? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did they get away with that? Because you can do anything, mate. This is the, in a the video. conversation that we've had before 
about, oh, well, that's copyright. You can't include that. You could do whatever you want. It's fine. Really can't. You can. Um, I so, yeah. Up. I hope they survive the lawsuit. <laughs> fine. Uh, so, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's DDH Pale, SimCity, Hazy Pale. And this last one I'm really excited about, Up in Smoke, Maple and Mesquite Barbecue Porter. Hell yeah. Oh. Did you see the launch video for that? No. Oh, beauty! check out Brew York's Facebook page. They have the camp reveal, and then smoke rising from behind it from a mysterious source. It's beautiful. Nice. Good, good. I was going to say that, by the way. That's a thing. I, I love this uh, drama, this around new releases. It's like it's like the way it's gone with football players. Like, announce whoever, and it, yeah. they turn around, don't they, and go, ah. It's I think like, Brew York have done a really good job of announcing new beers, actually, yeah. It's great. Really good. Um, ABC, Alphabet Brewing Company. A simple answer. Moose Springsteen Milkshake IPA, out now. Ooh, I do love a milk IPA. Yeah, and similar sort of vein, kind of, is Alpha Delta's Maple Chocolate Vanilla Custard Milk Stout. Not same oh vein my. at all, it's a stout versus an IPA. But it sounds lovely, doesn't it? Maple syrup and custard. Yeah, buddy. You see, I'm not sure about that. Ashy, shashy, shashy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, sure. the last two, what do we have last time? I'm actually struggling to remember. Um, I've got one here. Do you want me to on. mention? You, you go so for it. North Brewing Company have done a collab with In Good Company and Morag Myerskoff. Um This was one they announced just the other day. Uh, a session IPA. Uh, brewed to celebrate posters for the people, a people-powered art project taking over billboards across the UK with messages of thanks for our key workers. Um, since da, 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 so, this is a project, the billboard project that's um, hit Manchester, Cardiff, London, and Leeds. Um, bah, bah, bah. And fifty percent of the sales from this beer goes to Mind and Blurt Foundation to support mental health during COVID nineteen. Um, it's obviously been Mental Health Awareness Week this week um uh so that was a, a timely release and uh I, I mean i'll show you done for the uh, purposes of our video call um beautiful can art but i would urge our listeners to to check that out on north brewing company because it, it's a uh, sexy looking can is that and uh for a very good cause uh it's okay um not to be okay it, it is it is mate it is uh, the other two that i had are both on the same sort of um theme which is strata hops which i'm actually going to give you a bit of a quiz about so we're back to quiz time okay so pressure drop escape the city new england ipa which is cryo citra and strata um and uh it's they describe it as the it hop of the moment and they also which you'll like them say it's really like a dank passionate fruity armpit in a good way Armpit? No. How? How is no dang in a armpit. good way? In, in a, a good, good way. way. How is that yeah. possible? Uh, and then, so uh, yeah, obviously we featured Pressure Drop in the episode before the mini one, uh, and we also featured Daya. Yeah, the class, aren't they? Daya, and they have released something good, which is a six point two percent strata. What actually is it? 
don't know, just says something good, something good five. But yeah, that again is a strata um, based beverage there. So my thing here is about strata. And I was maybe going to talk about this last time, but didn't. And I wanted to quiz you a little bit on what strata actually is. So can you give me the main features of strata hop? Having absolutely zero knowledge basis for this question. I'll give you a clue. It's a fruit and a drug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't got a funny answer for that. So just tell me. I want to get sound effects like we're on a radio show. Um, it's passion fruit meets pot. Um, what else can I ask you? So, Sounds yeah, very nice. No. Um, on that note, can you name as many tropical fruits as you possibly can in 30 seconds? Go. Uh, passion fruit. Uh, tropical fruit. Uh, pineapple. Coconut. Is coconut fruit? I don't know. Uh, guava, um, mango. Um, oh, there's got to be there's got to be more, aren't there? Plums, tropical fruit. So no, on them. You're on uh, five, and you've got ten seconds. Bananas, bananas are tropical. Yeah, I'm having that. They're they're on tropical islands. Um, how many have I got? Three, six, two. Pine what? cones. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Well done. That That's was a good effort. Loads. That must yeah. be all of them. Uh, that, there can't be any I left. Actually, I didn't actually but, think you were going to do that, but you did. Hmm? Yeah. I got them all. You got every single one, yeah. You got every single tropical Ooh. fruit. Well done. So strata hops um, are basically layered notes of tropical fruit, mango, passion fruit, melon, fresh berry, grapefruit, dank herbal notes of drifting cannabis, uh, less of the diesel bite that you usually get with this level of funky dankness. Um, Funky so, dankness sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that was actually from um, a another Northern Monk beer I had, which was the Purist, which was a single hop double uh, DDH IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where my strata experience comes from. Okay. Shall we move on to our third and final beer, Squire? Yes. So beer free, Daniel, we are on the Pineapple Plod by Wonder Beyond Brewing, a sour fruity goes with a hefty 10% ABV. This microbrewery is based in Manchester. Um, so I, I, I'm intrigued with this one because I'm not a particularly experienced goes drinker. Um, apparently it's their take on a German classic, amped up to 10%, as we've said, and loaded with 250 grams per litre of pineapple. Our slightly tart and salty goes delivers a light and dry, highly drinkable pineapple punch. Yeah, buddy. It pours. It pours weirdly orange, doesn't it? Weirdly sort yeah. of dark, syrupy orange rather than a, a yellow. Like mm-hmm. a pineapple juice, you kind of imagine to be yellow, don't you? But it is a lot more orange. So we'll see. But have you have you had a sip? I have. I've just had a sip. Um, I'm surprised by this. As I say, I'm not. I mean, I could count on possibly two fingers how many goes I've tried before. <laughs> um, and so I'm not really uh, acquitted with the skills to probably uh, give an in-depth rating of a goes in the context of a goes drinker. But, um, yeah, 
I, I, I thought I might recoil slightly because um, it's a it's a vaguely sour style, isn't it? But um, as nice as that, I mean, it's uber pineapple, isn't it? Definitely. It it is, yeah, it is pineapple, but there is that salty sourness there as well, which is the ghost style, and I think. It's weird. It is a bit like olives or mushrooms, or whatever. Where if you just keep having them, you keep trying them, then they grow on you. And especially if you have good ones of them, yeah. then it'll get there eventually. And I think when we first started our little project, what three, three or four years ago, we were very much tried to avoid these styles of beer. But now I'd say that they they do the business for us, don't they? Indeed, down dirty in ghost town. Ooh. So, do you want to know a bit more about, about Wonder Beyond? And I'd love to know a bit more. Yes, it's a great name for a beer, uh, a brewery as well. I like it. Wonder it Beyond. is, and I like their logo as well. It's like mountain and warehouse almost side by yeah. side. So they say, inspired by the outdoors and love for adventure, uh, they develop a surreal and exciting world to reflect the flavour of our beers. Hops climb mountains, barrels dwell in caves, and mischievous fruits roam free. I know. It's a bit mighty boosh to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they are a bit kooky. Um, and you also demanded, you were you were begging me, begging me off air for some more information about gozes, weren't you? Oh, like, yeah. Dan, please, please fill me in with the goes information. Something like that. <laughs> so if you didn't already know you will very shortly goes is coriander and salt basically uh, and it's a style that went extinct which uh, in this case in the great year of 1966 it's a wonderful year so it's a german style in uh, in its heritage and it hails from lower saxony which i think somewhere you frequented previously uh, in a a town called Goslar. I don't know if you've ever been there. No, no, it's a new one for me. And it was resurrected in the 1990s in Leipzig's Bahnhof, which means train station, which was converted into a brewery. So that is your history of Wonder Beyond Brewing and the Goes. Marvellous. I am a huge fan of coriander, and it's good to hear that their herb being put to a beer use. Do you know what? I've said this to Elaine before, as in my missus. I am weird in that I, not because I'm stupid or that I don't know what I'm drinking, but I get stuff a lot more when I've actually read it. So, like, if I've been told there's coriander in it, I can actually then get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of Yeah, I do know what you mean. So, having just read coriander, I suddenly smell it and taste it. Like, it's suddenly there for me, whereas before it wasn't really... You get the coriander very mildly after the pineapple hit at the beginning, I think. You get it on the nose as well, though, because I can now get it on the nose, which is weird. You see, I don't. All I get is, um, well, I'll save it for my review at the end, but, um, yeah. No, I get I get the coriander on the nose as well now, which is just bizarre. And I do think it's weird that, like, it is such a subjective thing. And, you know, you can – one person can smell something, taste something, and the other person's like, no, actually, it's, it's a short crust, crust pastry. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's, it's just like me and Rosie. I mean, we have arguments about what colour the sky is. Um, so we all see colours different way and we all taste, our taste 
palette no. is different as well, isn't it? That's that's a different thing. That's just that you're colorblind. colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we argue about which one of us is colorblind. <laughs> I think it's you. Having seen you go, do you like my purple jacket? It's like that's, that's pink, mate. What you on about? I would never buy a pink or a purple jacket, just for clarity. Um, I got up something very interesting this week, Daniel. Do you want to know more? Ooh, tell me, keys in the bowl style stuff. No, that's next week. Um, this week it was um, Great Newsom Brewery, who I may have mentioned earlier in the episode deliberately. Um, and that's because I caught up with Matthew Hodgson, the director of Great Newsom. Um, they are a wonderful outfit that's going for more than a decade um, on a farm near Hull. Um, they farm their own uh, barley, which is malted uh, and brought back to the farm. And they create this wonderful stable of beers. They've won beers, uh, won awards at the World Beer Awards. Um, and they've uh, they've been hot off with some new releases in the last couple of weeks, um, trying to make the best of things amid the COVID madness. Um, so we have a special episode coming up. Um, tune into that shortly. Um, I was in conversation with Matthew. Here's a little extract to whet your appetite. If we sat down and discussed things, what, eight weeks ago now, uh, I, it would be a very different story. I was very concerned uh, going into this. Uh, if I just break down our market prior to this, would be probably 80% cast beer. So traditional cast beer brewers, a little bit of keg we do, not much. And then the remainder would be bottles. Uh, the bottle market for us has slipped back a little bit in recent years. We're getting more cask beer sales. Right, uh, right. And, and so really to lose that 80, 80 to 90% of our beer sales was going to be catastrophic. So um, the first thing for us really was protecting what we had. Uh, the, obviously the ability to furlough staff was a great thing because it means we can keep the team together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're looking for a market. We always had an online presence we've always had e-commerce uh, that probably made up a very very small fraction of our business peaked in christmas time you know the usual sure. times yeah yeah father's day but we put some more um work behind that in-house uh, made it a bit slicker offered free delivery uh to over a certain value to local postcodes and really it's uh, it, it's it's saved us like many breweries i'm hearing this week breweries are doing been doing something similar and it's created a whole new market for us. So, yeah, um, tune in to our uh, Facebook page, our Instagram page, and look for the link for our latest episode where we have a, a little special conversation with Matthew. Great stuff, and their beers are fab. Order from Great Newsome. Daniel. Absolutely. Good man. Yeah, can't wait to hear that myself. In our final segment, while we sup this lovely pineapple goes, mm-hmm. you had mentioned something about uh home bars bars at home yes so if there was a prize for winning the competition if you could choose any prize what would it be any prize for winning a competition yeah in the content of the billion beer podcast (laughs) (laughs) a beer podcast well lots of beer then yes so would you like to win beer for a year yes please 
Well, you best come up with the best home bar in the UK then, because a games retailer, Liberty Games, is offering a year's supply of free beer to the Brit who has created the best home bar during coronavirus lockdown. This is from Rothshire Journal, of all places. Um, Liberty Games has launched a competition to find the best home bar of 2020 with a prize of a year's supply of free beer. Despite the nation's best efforts to recreate the great British pub during lockdown using backgrounds from their locals and platforms like Zoom and House Party, some people have taken it one step further and are installing bars and pubs into their own homes, can you believe? Oof. So Liberty Games has launched a competition and are on the hunt to find the best home bar. They're asking the British public to send in photos of their pub-style setup to be in with a chance of being crowned Britain's best home bar. But it's not just the title the winner will receive. To celebrate the best home bar, Liberty Games has given away a year's supply of bid to one lucky winner. Um, apparently that's inclusive of several different known brands and unique craft beers. Quite what that means, I don't know. But the box of beer you get every month would cost uh, approximately £300. I mean, I'm down with that. I just haven't got a, a pub set up at home just yet. Well, exactly, yeah. So what what would you actually have to do to create this bar, really? Um, well, Rope. you'd need, you need to take a leaf out of uh, our um, Ale Tell's favourite Cyril's book and uh, make sure the local brewery delivers you a keg of, of beer so you've got something very prominent. You'd need... Um, you need to tap up our mate with all the beer trays and put them on a shelf on the wall. You'd probably need some beer maps to stick on the ceiling. Um, you'd need various glassware, wouldn't you? And probably a bar would help. I mean, I, one of Rosie's um, second cousins in Scotland, he has actually a bar in his, um, like a summer house in the garden. He's, he's turned that into a, an actual bar, a fully working bar. Amazing. Yeah, every, like... Uh every house that i show the wife she's like do you like this one because there's a little outbuilding that you could have as a, a bar or games room type thing yes. like, okay. Okay. <laughs> she's like yeah but there's a slight issue with the fact that it doesn't have a bathroom and it's like i don't care what detail what but what no my man you sell it as extra storage space that's how you secure that a big wardrobe no, anyway, so I would love to win that competition. However, my house isn't big enough and uh, I don't know where I'd put a bar. I've got some glassware, but I don't think I don't have enough trays. Uh, I don't have anywhere to put a keg. However, something that I could win if I actually did it, which I haven't yet, so probably won't win it, is Northern Monk's homebrew competition. Now, again, as I say, my interest and passion in beer and brewing generally has just skyrocketed in the last couple of months obviously we've always been interested skyrockets in flight we've always always been interested in drinking beer but i feel like my interest in the brewing process and different you know ways of doing things and the ingredients and stuff has has come on a lot i'm still not in a position where i can actually start brewing but i th i think you get back to us, Ale Tales 2021, 22, maybe, you know, season three, season four, you come back and I'm going to have produced something. I will have produced something. But I'll tell you a little bit about Northern Monk's uh, homebrew competition anyway, and then uh, I'll tell you how you can actually brew a brew yourself. So they say lots of today's leading brewers started small and men, many come from a homebrew background, including several members of our own brew team. 
We want to be able to share our own knowledge and experiences with other people that are passionate about the industry. So starting from July, we're going to host a homebrew club at our Leeds and Manchester refectories. To celebrate the introduction of the Northern Monk Homebrew Club, we're launching a competition that will give homebrewers the chance to make their beer at a commercial scale using the brew kit at the Old Flax store and feature in a new patrons project designed to showcase the very best of the UK's homebrew scene. Um, so the different styles they're looking for, stouts, porters, black IPAs, brown ales. This is, um, I think that's actually last year's because obviously they're talking about coming to the old flax store and brewing. But this year, because of the lockdown, they are basically asking for submissions of like, two to four bottles of, of beer. And then they they basically go, look, look at these guys. They're cool. And what they also do is they get artwork drawn by like artists as well and create your custom-made can or bottle as well. So I thought that was really well, I neat. If you were to homebrew, which style of beer would you try to create? I think I'd probably just go a pale ale to begin with, something relatively simple. I wonder how complex it is, the different styles, because I would like to have my own signature stout. Oh, right. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether it's easier or harder to make stout, but I can tell you how you would go about doing it if you wanted to. Uh, sure. <laughs> I have a, my, my sister very kindly, um, seeing our uh, obsession with ale tales, um, did buy me a home brewing book. So uh, I should probably delve into that and um, give it a whirl. You perhaps should. So th- really, there's a few steps, and this is from Northern Brewer dot com which is one place that i've thought about buying a kit from and i may at some stage if you know if i'm allowed by the wife <laughs> so basically the, the biggest thing is obviously you need the equipment the second thing is you need to clean your equipment make sure you are nice and clean exactly always wash your bits so make sure that you're all nice and clean and then what you need to do is you need to brew which is steeping your grains okay so basically you've got your um you know your water and that is then put in with your grain bag that's all your um malts malty things isn't it yeah yes. you boil sure. that and then you get your wort how are you going to boil it though at home boil it, boil it in your big kettle thing huh? don't you okay and do you know what actually do you know what you're right i think in a lot of cases you get or like pre-boiled um, juices. Okay, I think you're doing a lot of a lot of uh, brew kits. Uh, step three is to ferment. So again, it says don't forget to sanitize. So it's a bit sound a bit COVIDy here. Sanitizing all your supplies. Then you pour the cooled wort into the fermenter. Um, some brew kettles even have a valve for easy transportation from your kettle to your fermenter. That'd be useful, wouldn't it? Yeah, Add more water. Shit loads of water in, involved in this process. Uh, then you need to aerate the wort by uh-huh. splashing around its container. Splashy, splashy. Yeast needs oxygen. Splashing your wort will help. Then you add the yeast. Dry yeast is the easiest as you'd have to prepare it beforehand. Sanitize. Sanitize. Did you, did you appear that. before the local magistrates for splashing your wort? <laughs> Uh, we, said, regulation. we said we weren't going to talk about that on the podcast. Uh, then it's you need to seal comment. seal your fermenter. There's a lot of sexual innuendo in the brewing process, isn't there? If you choose, so if add you choose. Fer- 
airlock and store in a dark, cool place. Ale should stay at least at 68 degrees to ferment properly. Don't know whether that's Fahrenheit or C, I presume Fahrenheit. And then bottling. Uh, after fermentation is complete, typically within two weeks, it's time to bottle your beer. Cleanse everything, uh, obviously. Uh, boil your priming sugar. After it cools, add it directly to the bottling bucket and then transfer your beer and then fill your bottles and cap your bottles so you'll need a bottle capper thing as well. So basically, this is the reason I've not started. Is it sound like <laughs> it's not quite just going onto a website and clicking, I will pay for that. No, I mean, you can buy really good brew kits, and I've looked into it, but it takes space, it takes time, it takes yeah, money, it takes some knowledge, and it's just, I'd love to do it, but it's probably time to rate and review these bad boys. I believe it is. Yeah, do you, do you, I think it, I kicked off last time. I, I'll let you take the lead. You always this kick off. Time. You always bloody kick off. You do. I am going to go. Can I just say, can I just make no. a prediction? Stop. I've got, I've got a feeling we're going to go exactly the same this time. But Really? But on your way. Hey, I think you might be wrong because... I don't think you enjoyed the one I'm going to put first. Ooh, so you're wrong. Um, so I'm going to go in third place. I'm going to go, want to go to the sun, lost and grounded. You, okay. you're, staying stum, you're staying real stum. Uh, and the reason for that is because it was a nice drinkable pail. However, it didn't have much about it. It was a bit in on the mouthy feel. It didn't really... Yeah, it, I, I got to the end of it and I was like, yeah, that was okay. That was all right. It, it, it did a job. I'm then going to go for the goes because I think it's an excellent goes. I know. I knew you were going to put the goes first. You see, I can already. Uh, yeah, already yeah, nothing yet, my friend. And it is it's beautiful. It's a really nice uh, example of the style. And it is, it's drinkable for a 10% beer. Uh, but it is one-dimensional in the sense that... Oh, the goes, the goes, 10%, yeah. The goes, yeah, yeah, the goes. The, yeah, uh, you were talking about the wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that it is pineapple and it's it's a pineapple sour with a bit of coriander, which means in first place, I do put the Odyssey Whizbang IPA. And the reason for that is because, yes, it starts off quite bitter and almost, you know, difficult to drink. But I found that actually beers recently, I've had to force myself almost to, to, to get into it and just go, you know what, it's complex. It's, it's not easy drinking, but it is a really good example of the style. And I think that it's got many different notes in there and our palates maybe aren't good enough to appreciate all of those but it, it does it for me it really does it for me fair okay yeah okay yeah yeah well yep yep yep, yep. in third place i'm matching the, you there daniel want to go to the sun number three um i mean i think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that this is a pale ale so you know it can only do and, so much and we don't disparage or you know we, we're not saying this is a bad beer in any way shape or form we really liked it it's just in the rankings of these you know it isn't 
it's our third favourite that we've drunk today. My most damning comment of this beer, I did enjoy it, okay? But my most damaging comment of this beer is um, I felt like I'd had it before, but I'd not, I've not drank this beer before. But it was fairly generic. Um, you know, that said, you know, there's a simplicity to it. It's a pale that's pleasant. Um, I'd drink it again. Um, it delivered what it promised. It had fruit. Well, the can actually didn't promise very much at all because I want much of a description on there. But when you read more on the online, um, you know, there's a nice simple fruitness to it. Um, it's it's one dimensional though. So that's why it's in third place. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Whizbang comes in second for me. I told you. And to be fair, from the off, I had real reservations about this beer because I felt like it was trying too hard. Um, I got sweet fruits, but then a citrus sharpness that really lingers. Um, I, I don't know. It, it felt like it was trying too much. It was this like top heavy alcoholic taste to it, which I don't always find pleasant. I've got to be honest. I want it to be slightly more subtle than that. The taste of the ABV, even if it's high. Um, and for me, it didn't quite get the balance right. Um, that said, it was a grower. The more I drank it, the more the initial sweetness of the, of the drink sort of, um, sort of stuck to my, stuck to my tongue, if I'm honest. And then, I found it more enjoyable the more I drank. But for me, it, it wasn't well-balanced enough. Um, no criticism to, for it to be second in the rankings and then just three great beers. And then, which brings me on to my obvious winner, which is the Pineapple Plod, uh, a newcomer to the goes I am. So, you know, I'm not qualified to say that this is a particularly amazing example of the goes or not. But for me, it was just lovely and rounded. And the choice of, a, of pineapple flavours for goes for me, again, with my limited experiences, really strikes me as a perfect mix because, you know, uh, uh, the pineapple flavour, it's just like um, it leads in nicely to the salt and there's a little coriander hit in there and it's just all round, it's just a, a nice little, it, it delivers yeah. nicely. I mean, it, it, now, it's on the nose like pineapple in syrup off of Del Monte, to be honest. But um, So initially when I smelt it, I was like, yeah, like yeah, a, a yeah. It's in like you'd have for dessert, a bit of ice cream. Um, but the more, yeah, when I actually drank it, the like the level of tartness was just just nice. Um, hugely drinkable. I'm not going back. It, it wasn't ten percent. I could drink that all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. But I'm not going back too far. And to be honest, I was, I was, it was hitting, not hit miss. It was close for me, the second and first place. And I went for the IPA because I thought it did have more complexity and I thought that it was a better example of its style. I've had some really good sours, as I've mentioned earlier. The The interesting thing for me is the fact that we, on this podcast, started out basically going, we don't like uh, you know, darker beers, or at least me, definitely. Don't like darker beers, don't like sours and things like that. In the last few episodes, we've had the Heidi Plum from Brew York was our yeah, favourite. Uh, then I think we agreed again on the fact that the uh, Pressure Drop Wallbanger Vit Beer was fantastic. Was our favourite, and then you said the pineapple goes on this, and I was close to be honest. So I think it's it's odd that we've we've got to this point where we are both choosing 
these styles of beers. And I, I think that it takes more and more for a brewery to create like a perfect IPA and or, you know, a double IPA or a, a double dry hopped IPA. I think it takes more for our palates to be impressed by this style that is, you know, yes, it's evolving, but it is, it's, it's been done not to death, but it's been done a lot. Whereas people are still kind of getting into these gozes and Vic beers and all that, like these different styles that maybe have come back in the last year or so. Uh, I think, I think it is interesting. I think that's why, you know, breweries are looking for these new hops like Strata and things like that to try and bring a different level or a different flavor profile flavor profile to um to their beers yeah i don't know it's like when you strip it back and go back to the pre-craft beer days of you know the type of bitters and logs and stuff about you you knew what your favorites were i think it's harder and harder to say that's my favorite ipa that's my favorite goes in this case or whatever um because it's such a crowded marketplace and you rarely have the same beer twice but I think there is is room for that. And I think we just need, I think like as beer drinkers, we need to, we need to sometimes take stock as I did this last week with the pale ales and just go like, I really like that style. I'm going to persevere with that. And I'm going to, I'm going to understand why I like it. And I'm going to pick something that I really like and grow an affinity with it because you can't, I think you can get a bit lost on a beer journey. And, you know, there's plenty of us like Instagrammers who are, desperate to try as much different stuff as possible but there's a there's a point in that where i think it misses the point and you've got to enjoy the beer you're drinking so find your favorite within a style and go back to that repeatedly um doesn't mean you don't try new stuff but find those favorites because there's a lot of joy in that as drinkers as well yeah absolutely we've discussed that before haven't we the fact that it used to be the case that you had a favorite beer and you drank that all the time and now it's like there's so much choice there's so much to go for so many different it can be overwhelming at times like Mm. you know you don't need to you don't need to continually try something new all the time yeah it can be like the other day i was halfway through uh an order and elaine uh yeah dropped her off somewhere she came uh, she came back and she was like what are you doing i was like i'm just ordering some beer and she was like you don't need any more beer and she was like i'm not being like bossier out but you don't need any more and i was like yeah you're right i just i started scrolling through and i was like oh yeah i want that one i want that one and it's like it's ridiculous isn't it yeah yeah it's addictive and you know we talked about obsessions earlier and there's a lot of us in this in this beer drinking game that you know it becomes like a proper a proper sideline of our lives where we want to just like keep up and try all the new stuff and be at the forefront of it all but um there is a beauty in 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 doing that but striking a balance with like these are my favorites i know what i really like to drink all the time as well and uh and supporting those guys um because those breweries need us as well that the, the loyal customers so i don't know i feel i feel like i've been taught a lesson this week by um going back to some parallels but also trying stuff like this that we've done today and it's uh there's a mixture out there yeah, and we've we've always said like the the traditional type ales we, we're a big supporter of, and I think maybe we need to we need to have an episode where we go back to that. You know, the, the, you've got this interview with Great Newsom coming up that will will drop as a bonus episode, but I think we do together need to sort of pursue the 
the more traditional element as well from time to time. But yeah, it's uh, interesting times and let's hope that we, we come out the other end better off for it, mate. Indeed. Whatever your drinking habits are, we hope you're enjoying them. Uh, we hope you're staying safe. Uh, we hope you're well, your family's well. Uh, keep listening to us. Keep following us on social media, whatever, and we'll keep doing the same to you. Uh, it's a pleasure to to broadcast it, broadcast to you every now and again. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you for everyone who's supported Airtel so far. Absolutely. Cheers. Skål. Tassi bas.